Hello, and welcome to Device Week, the weekly podcast from MedTech Insight. I'm Deputy Editor Reed Miller. With me today is Managing Editor Marion Webb and our London-based reporter, Catherine Longworth. So let's start with Marion. Now, Marion, this week you wrote a story about a company called Cognoa, which has a, developed a diagnostic app for the early detection of autism spectrum disorder. What can you tell us about the latest news from them? Yes, sweet. So Cognoa developed a digital app that uses artificial intelligence and predictive analytics and diagnostic data that's provided by parents, caregivers, or caregivers to help predict autism spectrum disorder earlier than the standard of care today, which is basically an assessment by a specialist in a doctor's office. And today it can take months and in some cases even years before proper diagnosis is established. Also in part because parents often have a hard time navigating the healthcare system and determining which interventions are appropriate. But research has shown that early detection is really critical when it comes to autism because early intervention can improve quality of life, not only for the child, but also for the family and the parents. And Cognoa believes that its digital app could potentially change today's standard of care because the app is designed to help pediatricians diagnose autism early, even remotely, and then take the appropriate steps to start treatment. Okay, so the device has already received the breakthrough designation from the U.S. FDA that was last year. Um, The breakthrough designation, of course, means that FDA is trying to accelerate the patient's access to it because it's an important new therapy. Is that right? Right. And this week, uh, the company announced that it plans to submit the device for the de novo clearance with the FDA based on new findings from a pivotal study that showed that the digital app performed equally well as a standard of care when trying to evaluate children for autism spectrum disorder. So the study ran for nearly a year, so from July 2019 through this May, and it involved 425 participants between the ages of 18 months and 72 months whose caregivers expressed concern about the child's development, but these children weren't formally diagnosed. So in the study, the findings showed that appointments via telemedicine evaluating these children for autism spectrum disorder performed equally well as seeing the doctor in person. So it'll be interesting to see if the company succeeds in getting the de novo clearance. Considering that autism is such a prevalent condition, you think that would be very important development. Yeah, that's right. So according to the Autism Society, about 1% of the world population has autism spectrum disorder. And in the U.S. alone, more than 3.5 million people live with um, ASD. And according to the Centers for Disease and Prevention, autism is the fastest growing development disability. So there's definitely a big need for early detection. All right. Well, thanks, Marianne. That's definitely worth keeping an eye on. So at shift to you, Reed, you've been talking to a lot of company executives about how they're handling business during the pandemic. And recently you talked to Novocure, the company that makes the tumor treating field system to treat solid tumor cancers, about how the pandemic has impacted them. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, that's right. So Novocure markets a few different devices under the Optune brand, and we've written about them a couple of times before. And those devices deliver a proprietary tumor treating fields therapy. And that means it delivers a special kind of electromagnetic field that's specifically tailored to disrupt the proliferation of solid tumors. They have a version for brain tumors and they have one for lung cancer and they're working on a few others. 
So this is obviously not an in-office therapy. This is a device that people have to wear for long periods during their daily life. And so it requires that people have access to round-the-clock online or phone support, as well as some help in person to have to deal with the device itself. And obviously all of that, particularly the in-person part, has gotten a lot harder with the pandemic. So how has the pandemic changed the company's approach? It's actually changed it a bit less than you might imagine, because it turns out that even though these are patients who are immunocompromised and so in-person visits with their doctor or the company's people can be kind of risky, turns out that most of their patients still want somebody to come to their house or to otherwise see somebody in person to get this technical support and get help with the device. So Novocure's chief commercial officer, Pratesh Shah, told me that he thinks that that really says a lot about the patients competent in the company's customer service group, which the company calls Encompass. The company has had to go the extra mile in terms of personal protective equipment and virus testing, et cetera, to make sure their contact with these patients and doctors are as safe as possible. So he told me that the company has always had pretty good customer service operations and has won awards for that. They've really been seeing that this is a major strength of the company and something that they can really lean on even after the pandemic to help get more doctors and patients to adopt their therapy. Something just beyond proving that the device itself really works. Because we all know from lots of different therapies that just because something works doesn't mean that people are going to adopt it as much as the company or the doctors think they ought to, especially if it's something that they have to wear and carry around with them all the time. So obviously telehealth has become much more common during the pandemic. So are they doing more with that too? They are doing a lot more with that, you know, because obviously not everybody can get an inpatient visit even if they want it. The support people are available remotely 24-7. That's really always been true. So that's just a continuation and an augmentation of what they were doing before. But one thing that they have done recently is they've added a new tool called MyLink, and that allows patients to download their own data from their device and see it to help them track how much they've been using the therapy and some other metrics. Because the clinical evidence shows that there's a definite dose response to the therapy, so they have to use it for a certain number of hours a day and they have to be wearing it right. But people can't always keep track in their own head about how long they've been doing something throughout the day, and we've all had that experience. And so it can really help people stick to their therapy. And that's obviously very important. And previously, though, patients didn't have access to that. They, they had to see their doctor or they had to see somebody from the company to actually keep track of what was going on with their own device. So that's just a pilot program right now. But the company hopes to extend it to all patients because they think it really make a big difference. And I think that's an example of where telehealth is going. There's a lot more interactions with doctors between companies when doctors or between patients and doctors over Zoom. But the actual ability to collect data from devices that's useful to patients and the doctors, that's obviously going to require more investment from the companies themselves and some careful thinking about what they can actually do with their devices. That's right. And that is a development we're all following closely. So over to Catherine. She has some news of a new healthcare fund that was just recently raised by US VC firm Longitude Capital. Catherine, what can you tell us about this development? Hi, Reid. Yes, so Longitude Capital announced this week it has closed this new $585 million fund uh, named the Longitude Venture Partners 4LP. Now, it will invest across medical technology and biotechnology companies, and it's the largest fund that Longitude has raised to date since the firm opened in 2006. So they're planning to invest in companies across different life cycles, so there'll be opportunities uh, for many different companies. What is Longitude's track record with these kind of investments? 
Yes. So the company alone in 2020 has had a very strong year. Its portfolio includes companies such as Amune, which brought the first drug for peanut allergies to the market. And this was purchased by Nestle Health Sciences this year. It's also been quite active in biotech with 89Bio, a biopharmaceutical company that develops and commercializes therapies for the treatment of liver and cardiometabolic diseases and also Candy Therapeutics which is a UK company uh, focusing on menopause treatment and this was acquired by a biopharmaceuticals earlier this year. According to the firm in the medical device space it will be focusing on cardiovascular ophthalmologic and aging technologies and novel models of care and technology enabled service specifically at the intersection of tech and healthcare. All right. So that sounds like they are very much focusing on the kind of traditional areas of med tech. Is that accurate? Yes, absolutely. It sounds like they are very dedicated to those core areas. And uh, they said with the same commitments as their three other funds, which were to improve clinical outcomes and patient outcomes. However, Longitude did see that this new fund will be also more focused than the others on investing in smart data collecting implantable devices that create new solutions and opportunities. We're seeing the space is getting a lot of attention from investors. So it does seem like they're open to innovative areas of med tech that we can expect to grow quite exponentially in the next 10 to 20 years. All right. Well, thanks a lot for that, Catherine. You can read a lot more about all these topics and a lot more at medtakeinsight.com. Of course, we have lots of coverage about how companies and regulatory agencies are dealing with the COVID-19 crisis. But there's a lot of news that isn't particularly about COVID-19 right now. For example, there have recently been a lot of stories about companies going public with IPOs and a lot of other financing and M&A activity. For example, Illumina is going to pay about $8 billion to buy liquid biopsy company Grail, a company that spun off just four years ago. So that's pretty unusual, but it makes a lot of sense in the rapidly evolving cancer diagnostic space. We have an article taking a look at how changes in the Supreme Court could impact healthcare and the device business and a whole lot more. Be sure to check out the Informa Med Device Tracker dashboard for an enormous collection of useful data on different device sectors, market projections, upcoming catalysts, and a lot more. And that's currently in a beta rollout, but you can find the link to it right at the top of our homepage. You can also find the link to the latest Device Week podcast now on the right side of our homepage. So always be looking for that. You can follow us on Twitter at medtech underscore insight. I'm medtech read with two E's. Marion is medtech Marion, M-A-R-I-O-N, and Catherine is medtech Kate with a C. Thanks and have a good week.